You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 165 of Take a Bow. This is crazy. Um, I am your host, Eli Tokash, and this week we have an unbelievable episode for you folks. This conversation with Tony Award winner Ben Platt and Noah Galvin is just unbelievable. I'm I'm freaking out. I'm geeking out. I'm, my theater kid is just, you know, coming out of my body right now. And I'm just so excited to, to be here. Uh, we talk about life. We talk about their careers. We talk about Theater Camp, which is their new movie that the two of them are working on that comes out in theaters in just two weeks. Um, so craziness and a crazy time for the two of them um, after, you know, Ben going through another Tony Award season as he was nominated for Parade. And we lo- talk a little bit about that. Um, it was just, it's so it's so good. You guys are going to love this episode. I'm so excited to share it with you. And you're going to get like an inside scoop of theater camp before anyone else. I mean, literally, there's hasn't been... I mean, they haven't started their press junkets yet, really, um, except for like private screenings and stuff like that. So this is kind of like the first out and outly posted um, and broadcasted kind of moment that they talk about theater camp. So to be one of the first is just a, a true treat and to have them on is just even better. I could go on and on, so I'll stop rambling. Um, and before we turn it over to our interviews, as always, we got to talk about some Broadway news. Um, I won't make you wait too long because there's not too much to talk about, honestly. Um, there's the couple casting notes and a uh, closing dates that I want to mention. Um, This week, it was announced that Camelot is going to be closing early. They will be closing on July 23rd, which is so unfortunate because I've come on here and I've raved about Camelot, this production in particular, um, a million times. And you all know how I feel about it. I talked to Jordan Donica, who was nominated for a Tony Award for his performance of this in this show and in, in this role. Um, I'm just a huge fan and it breaks my heart that it's closing and closing early for that matter on Broadway. So before it closes on July 23rd, make sure you go get a chance to see this incredible production. And you know what? I'm also going to mention and remind everyone that Parade is closing on August 3rd. So you have five and a half weeks to go see Parade. I saw it last night and I'm going to talk about my thoughts on it after the interview because we kind of talk a little bit about it during the interview so i don't want to give it anything away now um so stay tuned for afterwards i am just in love with the show it was my first time actually seeing it on like the broadway production i saw it at city center um and it was it just blew me away i mean they are just so talented they deserved everything best revival of a play uh, so well deserved um and all the things so make sure you go see that before August 3rd, because you won't want to miss it. Um, it was also announced some exciting casting news, and it's fun because we have like a little Dear Evan Hansen moment with the two guests on the podcast today. Um, it was announced that a couple other Dear Evan Hansen uh, cast members, I guess, or cast, uh, were are working on a new project together, and they're going to be at the Kennedy Center in Rent, starring in Rent, Andrew Barth Feldman, Alex Boniello, Miles Frost, Ali Stroker, Lorna Courtney and Jimmy Harrod with more to be announced in the upcoming weeks. Um, And this is going to be July 26th, July 28th. Um, It's going to be just that weekend. Similar to what Spamalot was doing, it's just a star-studded cast performing at the Kennedy Center. I'm obsessed. I hope to God that I can make it down there uh, and make it for this trip because it would be a riot. I mean, honest to God, like this cast... like it's just so good i can't imagine anything else and 
Alex and Andrew being the two leads just it makes everything perfect and it makes so much sense so uh, I'm, I'm thrilled with with the casting news and I'm thrilled of all the things so um, congratulations to all of you and hope to see you in DC at the Kennedy Center um, I will also I want to uh, also mention Bryce Pinkham who is going to be returning to Little Shop of Horrors uh, in July. And it's going to be a short uh, eight-week thing, similar to Jeremy Jordan. I think it actually is going to line up perfectly with his run. Um, And he and Bryce are going to be returning to the show, obviously with Joy Woods, who is, of course, uh, currently playing Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. So um, I'm very excited to see that cast. I hope to see it because I missed Jeremy's first stint in the show. And then it was also announced that we have a TV star coming to Broadway, which we're very excited about. Uh, Casey Cott will be joining Moulin Rouge on Broadway. He will be replacing Derek Lena in the show, and I'm I'm just so excited. Casey Cott, we all know he can sing. We've all seen what he can do because, you know, Riverdale does those cute little musical episode moments things. They try to do it, at least. Um, no shade, no shade, I promise. Um, but uh, yeah, they. so I'm excited to see him on Broadway. I think he's a perfect uh, fit. Corey Cott, we all know and love oh i think i may have mentioned this last week's episode um but oh well you're getting it twice if if i did announce it on last week's episode and you didn't already know so that's all the news really we have for you folks this week um there hasn't been too much going on since the um, i talked to you guys on tuesday so I am so excited. I'm literally just going to stop talking. Short intro. I'm going to turn it straight over to our fabulous conversation with Ben Platt and Noah Galvin. Y'all are going to want to sit down for this one. It's so good. And we have this on YouTube, which is a super fun watch. And to see just their reactions and their little bits that they do and how they interact together, it's really cute. So if you want to watch it on YouTube, highly recommend. But, you know, feel free to you know, stay here and listen and then turn over to the YouTube or whatever you want to do. Anyways, without further ado, it's time to turn over to our wonderful conversation. So Ben Platt and Noah Galvin, curtain up. Holy moly, y'all. Today we are joined by not only one, but two of our dream guests. You love these icons from watching them star on Broadway in shows such as Dear Van Hansen, Waitress, Book of Mormon, and even currently in Parade. Soon you will get to see them on the big screen in a theater-loving film with their new brilliant comedy, Theater Camp. It is my honor to welcome to take a bow, Ben Platt and Noah Galvin. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, my God. You you guys don't know how excited I am about this. Okay. I've been wanting to talk to you guys on this for so long. Ever since I started, I like started with a list. I told this to Rachel Bay Jones, um, who was my mom and Pippin. And I was like, you and Ben were at the top. And she was like, oh, Benny, I love Ben. <laughs> so I'm so excited to talk to you guys today. And then she was uh, she was at the hospital with Noah, too, on The Good Doctor. Oh, yeah. my God, yes. Oh, my she God. To over, her, yes. it, right? She took over our hospital. It was very dramatic there. I totally while. forgot she was on that. Oh, my God. And now, yeah, both of you guys are just, you know, movie stars, Broadway stars, TV stars, all the things, you name it. You guys can do it all, and uh, this is going to be a treat. So um, the way I usually like to start these things is just starting from the beginning. Like, why are we here? Why are we in this industry? How did we, like, what inspired you guys to want to tell stories and entertain others? Well, we have had similar, similar backgrounds in that regard, but just on opposite coasts. I grew up on the West Coast, and my whole family loves musical theater, um, you know, my dad's in the business and I grew up listening to show tunes and Broadway all the time. I was sort of like an empty case that was filled with show tunes from birth. Um, <laughs> and, uh, my siblings all did youth theater. So naturally I wanted to do what they were doing. So I did like a youth musical theater program and just fell in love with it and got bit by the bug, like arguably even harder, um, and started working professionally as a kid when I was like nine years old. Um, so it's been a, a fun 20 years. Um, yeah. Very old. And Stop it. <laughs> it just always was like the happiest, most open, connective time for me was when I was working on something or singing or performing or acting or writing, just anything creative and expressive. I find that helps me. I, I can generally pretty introverted person and can have difficulty 
um, projecting and, and communicating, as Noah will attest. Uh-huh. Um, and so uh, definitely I knew before I even had the autonomy, I, I just knew that like the only place for me was in this um, this biz. I'd say it was fairly similar. I think what you said about your siblings is right. <clears throat> that we both had older siblings who were doing this. Um, and I really just wanted to like hang out with them. <laughs> yeah. I really just wanted to like be around them. My sister's seven years older than me. My brother's four years older than me. And so I was very much like the little brother who would tag along and just sort of show up. But I think my parents very much instilled a a love for like pretty much everything artistic in our family. Um, I was recently hit up by a friend who now has a clothing line who was like, we did pottery together when we were four. Oh my I, god! I didn't know I did pottery. <laughs> um, I love it. I think there was like a big onus put on um, just like stretching ourselves creatively and expanding ourselves. And our my parents really, you know, wanted us to like find our passions at a young age, and and really facilitated that process. And theater for me just very quickly became the thing. Yeah. Um, I remember like my sister being in like middle school musicals and I would beg my dad to like take me to the rehearsals so I could like mm. sit in the back of the theater and just like watch. Right. <laughs> because I was like addicted to it. I loved it. I just wanted yeah. to do it all the time and be around it all the time. That's so <laughs> still there. <laughs> I know. It's so great to hear that, you know, like we all started at like a young age, you know, and none of that could be possible without the support from parents. And, you know, not every person that loves theater gets that. Um, so we've kind of been very fortunate enough to, to do that. And I mean, with theater camp, especially like, you know, driving an hour or sending your kid away, like that's a very hard thing for parents to do. And, yeah. um, you know, so it, it's, it not, you can't be like a child and start in the young in this industry unless you have that kind of support system. Even even when you're an adult, it really does take a village in this industry. Amen. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I've got to talk to you about um, Dear Van Hansen because you guys both were in it and it was such a big part of both your lives and careers. Um, so... You know, Ben, you obviously were in Dear Evan Hansen for, for many years. And then, Noah, you came and, you know, succeeded Ben in the role of Evan Hansen. So um, I'm curious to ask you just what that transition was for you two. Like, were you guys able to, like, work together and kind of collaborate when, um, you know, because there was, like, no one else played Evan, after, like, before Ben? Well, what's interesting is at that time, like, in that transition was the time that Ben, Nick, Molly, and I sort of like found this little sweet spot where like I was in rehearsals, he was winding down and wasn't as busy as he once was. Um, And Nick and Molly were both in New York and it was at that moment where we all sort of like decided that we wanted to make something. Um, And so we wrote a short called Theater Camp (laughs) and then I hit up our school. Yes! Um, I hit up uh, Chuck Vasallo, my My king, my short, short king, Um, (laughs) PPAS, and I was like, "Give us some kids." (laughs) Everyone on the podcast must know that you guys did the short, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I've definitely talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we went to PPAS, and it was like during that that time, that sort of like transitional moment where like. Neither of us, I think Ben, I was like inundated in my rehearsal process and Ben was Mm -hmm. sort of like just trying to remove himself from this behemoth thing that had been much of his life for many years. Um, And it was just like a nice little respite, like us just investing in something else. I forgot that that's the period where we made the short, right? Right in that transition. And also just for for any listeners that have drunk the Kool-Aid of false information, we knew each other for many, many years before Evan Hansen. We did not meet because we were both with Evan Hansen. We were already friends. Yeah, we were already friends. Um, but I, I just tried to give Noah space to do his own thing. I mean, I just was supportive in the sense that he was my friend, and I, I knew in a way that no one else did at that point, other than our friend Colton, who was covering me at the time, um, just like what a undertaking it was. So I just wanted to mm. support him and 
and and and give him as much room to to come in and not be hovering or you know because I knew it was going to be a hard transition regardless after all that had gone down the year leading up to that so I I just tried to really vacate and and give him his own space and he painted the dressing room a different color and did his own thing oh <laughs> i love that i love the music box dressing rooms by the way they're like gorgeous really nice. great so um yeah i mean you know Jaren Hansen, you guys both i saw i was able to see both of you guys perform in the show and, and it was just absolutely breathtaking both of you guys performance so different <laughs> yet so beautiful like both of them yeah. obviously made me cry because I, yeah you know that's just what that show does i literally would do that yeah literally like i would see the show just once a week and i would be drained for the week i can't imagine doing it eight shows a week you know like so kudos to both of you i can't imagine very lucky that that i only had to do it for three months sorry (laughs) (laughs) yes very very lucky but i mean killed it and very lucky to have seen you so um that's kind of crazy that you know theater camp was kind of born in Dear Evan Hansen, during Dear Evan Hansen, right? In that, yeah, in that time period. <laughs> in that time period. It was our, it was our, you know, I think we had both just been like actors for hire from the age of nine to however old we were when we were doing that. 23, 24. Yeah. Like but I think what, we, had, we had just had these like, you know, we had just gotten to exercise a single muscle for, yeah. for that period of time. And I think we were both looking for an opportunity to, you know, stretch ourselves and, flex some more muscles and and uh try something new you know and take a little bit more control over something than you can really have as a just a performer totally so theater camp right talk to me take me through this process because y'all you're about to release a film in the movie theaters in two weeks you know like that's so exciting like and it was born like from an idea and then it turned into this youtube short film like just talk to me through this process and kind of this journey because you then had to take it to the film festivals and like talk to me about what it was just like to get this thing up in theaters and globally i guess well we you know we as noah said we kind of had this collective noah and i and molly and, and nick with all kinds of inroads and and histories, and Molly and I did theater since we were children, and yeah. we'd known Noah, and the three of them had made sketches before we even started making this, and Noah and I did workshops of Alice by Heart with Molly, and Nick and I did improv and sketch comedy in high school together in musical theater. So it's we, it was this kind of um, crossroads of like a love of like improv and sketch and comedy collectives like Christopher Guest and SNL and things like that, nice. and then just a deep, deep like musical theater nerddom. So it, ma- it made a lot of sense that we would focus in this world in terms of like take, bringing the tone that we love comedically to the world we know the best and that we want to make fun of because we feel like we are part of it so we can make fun of it. Uh, and right. also just express our love for it ultimately at the end of the day. And um, I think when we made the short, it was clear to us that there was more to the story. Like I just think we, we, we could feel how well it had worked and how the tone really landed and it was unlike anything necessarily specifically that we had seen before. So we felt like we really hit something and took us a little while to come back to it um, and really properly start to, to flesh it out. But I think when the pandemic hit, it, it made everybody, you know, just kind of a little more heart forward than they had been, I think, re- before that. And I think for us, it was a very much like, by definition, passion project. So it, we, we all naturally really returned to it and thought like, we could really give this a real go and, and and there's more of a world and a story to develop here. So we wrote it into a feature over the course of like about a year. Um, the four of us together, we wrote it into like a scriptment, which is sort of like a script treatment crossover because it's largely improvised the film. So it has like lots of alts and jokes and concepts and every scene is beaded out and every narrative beat is decided and there's some dialogue to begin with. And then like each character we wrote like Bibles for. So somebody would be cast as a role and we would write them like an entire, you know, <laughs> a backstory. Sometimes and helpful and sometimes not. But just try to yeah, protect ourselves. Um, but writing, yes, yeah, so everybody had like a big backstory, had like you know, a reason to be and a tone and a, a, an arsenal of jokes and they knew where their arc was headed and they knew it was a very, very heavily, heavily outlined, everything short of scripted, but yeah. left a lot of room for improvisation, which brings us to the trying to get it made. When you come to financiers and you're like, we want to make a semi improvised uh, movie that has an original musical at the end uh, with children um, <laughs> at a summer camp, like for not that much money. 
nobody, <laughs> nobody is sort of like, oh, absolutely, I see the commercial viability of this immediately. It was definitely, uh, you know, tricky to find the right people. Noah and Molly did a film called Book Smart that's fantastic. Yes. And uh, his company, Gloria Sanchez, which is Will Ferrell's company, and obviously Will Ferrell's our collective idol. Godfather. And uh, Jessica yeah. Alba, the woman that runs that company, was a great mentor to Molly and to Noah, and was kind of the first one to say, when you do do something, you know, bring it to me. So we brought it to her and Gloria Sanchez was our first kind of champion. And along with them, we went to many different financiers and studios, some of whom said yes and then dropped out, some of whom said no to begin with, uh, and finally found Picture Start, uh, which is a company studio that helped us make the film. Uh, and it was a will they, won't they, all the way up to the very last minute when we were finishing writing the movie and getting ready to go upstate. We got oh our God. green light. Uh, there's going to be some barking happening in a moment because we have our window washers returning, just as a warning. Um, <laughs> we have we got a, our green light, you know, weeks before the first day of shooting, um, and we had 19 days to do it. And, and it then was, uh, half the money, <laughs> half the money fell away, fell away, and then we had to find it somewhere else. Another and company named Topic, Topic came Studios, on came in and saved the day. Oh yeah, it was a. a, a it was a real <laughs> it was a crash course i mean we're all first time filmmakers and it was a real crash course and like if you believe deeply in something and you're passionate about it you have to be the champions for it and you have to pivot eight times a day and just keep changing and 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 adapting and then yeah. and then in the actual filming of it that's even more true you know totally. every filmmaking is like basically just creative problem solving exactly and yeah. then eventually you have a film um, and then we couldn't believe we've had it. And then Nick and Molly went into a hole, our co-directors, and edited it for <laughs> a few months to try to make a, the Sundance deadline. And then we submitted okay. the film to Sundance. And they miraculously let us in. And we were like, if this is it, and this is the end of the road, like, incredible. We that made this little cool. thing, and it went to Sundance. Yeah. like, cool kids going to Sundance, going to movie festival. <laughs> yeah, like, right. we were, like, theater nerds as cool, like, film kids. We were like, we were, so, for having us. Yeah, we were like, we can't believe we're here with, like, <laughs> actual cool people yeah, exactly. um, oh and then gosh. it exceeded our expectations and played really well there and they gave us an ensemble award and yeah. um, Searchlight saw it the very weekend it opened at Sundance and snatched it up immediately and bought it and um, put it in theaters which was our ultimate ultimate dream not just the live experience of theaters which was our you know it's it's about that live experience and it's about having a communal comedy experience that's our our favorite films are that way so our greatest dream was that it would be in person like that but even on top of that I think Searchlight was our ultimate um, ultimate dream. They've made all the great, small, weird, funny, heartfelt indies uh, and taken such care of them that, that we've always loved. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm obsessed. It's all so well-deserved. I mean, the movie is just, like, I can't stress. I came on here as soon as I saw the movie and was like, it's so good. I was laughing. I was crying. I was doing all the things. Um, No, it was just like, it's literally like, it's every theater kid's, like, life in a movie. And, and, but, like, in a funny, not traumatic way, you know, that's an experience. Um, So it's just so relatable. Um, And in the movie, you know, obviously you guys are at theater camp, but uh, you guys are putting on an original musical called Joe and Still. Mm-hmm. I have to ask because I feel like I've heard y'all talk about Joan or Grandma Joan before. Where is Joan still? Like, where does that come from? What inspired that title and making of that musical? <laughs> I gotta be honest, I really don't remember. I know that. Well, we... the name Joan is was my grandma who who passed was oh, my mom. Okay. So the name was just a little bit of honoring. But I think that the character more is like an amalgam of all of our theater teachers and 
heroes and you know the 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 mother hens of like you know molly and i went to this place called the adderley school janet adderley and uh kept kevin i went to a theater program called kevin kearns and kearns was you know just like this guy who was around being like just the fostering young creatives and rosie's theater kids and rosie's theater kids donald you know ran our the musical theater program that um we did musical theater at in high school. Yeah. Um, and then the title is just like all of our favorite, like self-serious kind of awkwardly f- phrase, like two, two holier than thou. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> concepts of right. like Joan. Cummer, so. That's right. That it, there's a loftiness there that mm-hmm. we hope will make people laugh. Oh my God. No, it's hilarious. Every time it's re- referenced in the movie, it's like everyone's just starts laughing when I went, especially when I saw it. Cause we were just a bunch of theater kids, um, seeing the movie. It was great. Um, but since we're on the topic of titles, you know, uh, this is like, this may be a silly question, but like, for me, it's a serious question because there are nights where I literally like have arguments with myself about the spelling of theater. How did you guys, how and why did you guys go with the spelling of ER for theater camp? There is an actual reason, I feel like, that Nick would probably know. But I think in general, and in terms of, like, my just sort of base understanding of theater versus theater, (laughs) like, I was told, I think, when I was younger that, like, tra is a more European spelling, uh-huh. But also, there is, like, a grammatical reason that I'm forgetting right now. Me too. For, for me, it's more like it's the less the less hoity-toity spelling, exactly. I guess. Like, the layman the layman would recognize the term if theater this, ER. If maybe this movie more. had been, like, named by Amos and Rebecca Diane. It would be called, like, a portrait of a, of a home. <laughs> it would be, like, a, por- uh, yeah, a portrait of a gorgeous artistic colon, home. Colon theater camp. Or in theater camp. Yeah, theater camp. <laughs> because it's awesome because we wanted to, you know... We want it to be as universal as possible. Um, but absolutely that, like, come for us if you don't agree. Yeah, like, yeah. Sound off in the comments. We want to hear why you don't like the title of our movie. Yeah. We want to hear your issues. Get the buzz out there. Just talk about yeah. it. Get it trending on Twitter. Controversy. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. It's so funny. But, no, I mean, in the movie, you guys can totally see that you guys are all friends. You know, like, you guys have this really special chemistry. And that goes for, like, not just between you two and Molly. Um, obviously, Nick isn't in the in the film. Otherwise, I'd say Nick as well. But um, the whole ensemble, you know? And, you know, in a normal world, in a normal job, it's like, keep your work and personal life kind of separate. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, like, creating art, I feel like that's just, like, so not true. And I'm curious to hear, like, your guys' perspective on this and, like, how important, especially for this process, was it to create this with your friends and someone that you already had chemistry with, as I know it was a very short process and quick filming well, exactly that. I think, you know, Ben talked a little bit about of our about our inspirations being, like, the Christopher Guest sort of... Uh, group of actors that he always leaned on and like 2009 SNL cast that we like so, so, so love and look up to and admire. Um, And I think in coming into a process like this, having the like limited time funds, limited everything. um, And, you know, asking people to like come to the woods and (laughs) deal with a lot of goose poop and a lot of mosquitoes (laughs) and a bunch of kids um it's just easier to ask your friends to sort of do that than it is just like you know they'll probably be the the most willing yeah Um, and also we have this like beautiful collective of friends that i think we all yearn for spaces to just like play and explore and have fun and i think it's rare that you get hired to do a job and it feels as like free as you want it to you know Um, And so we really, really tried to just curate a space for people to like show up and enjoy and just like have fun and play and feel free and improvise and feel safe to do that and fail in front of people that you know you can trust and will still love you even if your joke isn't that funny. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, not something that one should always do. Like, I don't think it's like 
at least for me personally, I, I think it's important to have spaces professionally that are your own and then to, to when the time is right, get to collaborate with, with those closest to you. But with this particular project, you know, we really felt like we were the ones to, to, to depict this world together and that it was about our shared love of theater and so much about like our language and why we're friends in the first place. And, and to have that shorthand, I think is the only reason the film got made. And I think that the whole kind of uh, some of the sort of like mission statement of why I wanted to make it in the first place, particularly in front with Molly and Nick is like to have a space for all of our talented, funny strange theater adjacent friends to yeah. do something together like it We're really was really lucky that we do have like a our friend group is awesome and that everybody's <laughs> really talented and everybody is like sort of known in their own little respective like circles or fields or whatever that may look like and so you know totally. leaning on our friends like owen thiel and 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 patty harrison and iowa debris and jimmy tatro who all just showed up like completely game completely down and i think excited to like do something that felt loose and free and something that they had like real creative control over so i think you're we are often actors for hire and are saying other people's words directed by people you know it's it's somebody yeah. else's vision and this was very much yeah we ours and we give... gave a lot of people freedom to to feel that like autonomy yeah mm-hmm now, with you guys kind of like, I guess, calling the shots and kind of seeing this in your vision, like, was it really important to like, I mean, we did the YouTube short in a pro studio because that's what a theater camp is in New York yeah. because there are no woods. Like, how important for you guys for like this was it to really like create that space? Huge. I mean, I think that with the financial reality of trying to make this movie, uh, in terms of like the texture that we would be able to afford to build or create, like we had to find yeah. a location that did a lot of that for us because it just so much of like one of our huge inspirations is stage door, the documentary about stage door, of course. <laughs> and so like that, you know, pseudo sort of Jewish, like upper, like New York upstate East coast lake, like feeling and there's ticks and goose poop and <laughs> cabins and beautiful sunsets. Like that's hard to, to fabricate like there was even a time where we were considering filming at um, what's more of like a production site to, uh, campsite in, in in LA and uh, uh, I think that we just we really felt like if we can nail the authenticity of the location and then make small tweaks and changes like we had to build out the theater space where the because it wasn't a performing arts camp and we had to build those you know risers and and the, the lighting grid and stuff like that so we had to add our flair certainly but having the kids up at a real camp and everybody there working together and living there was like um, that, that I think you can feel in every frame and like that wouldn't have been um, reproducible. So we were so, it was like one of the biggest wins um, to, to find that uh, camp that wasn't running, that was just sitting in there in beautiful Warwick, New York that we were able to afford to work at. Yeah. It's sort of like the, I think sort of like the lead of our film is this <laughs> that we found. It's like sex in the city. The fifth girl is the city. Yes. <laughs> Literally. It's so brilliant though. Like the place is great. It had to have probably like felt like a summer camp, like while you guys were filming. It did. did very it? much so. Yeah, also, like even like off camp, camp the stakes are so high. Like when with any music theater or like school theater the stakes are so high, like people, like, cause it happens so quickly when you do the show, like in high school, you rehearse it for like a month and then you get like two nights and then it's over. So it's like the adrenaline is so unmatched. Even you rehearse in, like, for a month, you rehearse for like six months. You're right. And then you get two nights. Yeah. <laughs> so like the adrenaline is unmatched by any professional experience I've ever had. Yeah. So to be, we had that, those stakes and that adrenaline. So yeah. that it really, the made way the we sort of like structured the shoot was that we saved because we like needed the time to like polish prepare, and yeah. prepare. We saved the final musical for the last three days of filming. Um, uh-huh. And so it did feel like this- Final show. This like final culminating event, um, emotionally and physically, like for everybody, for the entire crew who, you know, had just been like in and out of these rooms dealing with like, you know, classes and and teachers and and whatever but then for everybody on set to get to see these these musical numbers uh completely come to fruition was just so satisfying and exciting for everybody totally um and like ben was saying the sort of like emotional stakes of being a child in youth theater and having that like final curtain down go down on like your final performance and the like shrieks of like 
<laughs> utter catharsis that just like come out of you followed by followed sobs. by like deep sobs yeah just like screaming yeah. crying, hugging you know too much mascara too much blush yeah. everything running <laughs> we got to like really have that and provide that for the kids who were all at that point dressed in their 70s costumes watching you know a, a, a nine-year-old liza and a you know and, and a, yeah, and like a thirteen-year-old David Geffen just like sob into each other's arms was <laughs> the ultimate satisfaction for us as oh curators of this uh, event. That's so cute. And those kids looked like they were having the time of their lives. I mean, literally, like it shows on screen. Yeah, I, I, we definitely wanted to give them a beautiful experience, and I think that in the mess of the stress and the problem solving and the money and the COVID and the just all the things that come along with making a, an indie film, what kept us not just on our best behavior, but also just like remembering why we were doing it. Like there was such a purity to having those kids around and, and wanting to give them an experience that was joyful and, and uh, challenging in the right ways. Um, I think that they were like the guiding light. Um, so to yeah. see them you know, cry, as Noah was saying at the end, it was so we felt so proud that yeah. we had to give them an experience that they won't just look at as like, you know, this was a tough shoot or this was a job. It was mm-hmm. like you know, they gave them a, a summer at camp so that that we felt like regardless of how the film turned out, obviously we had hopes that it would would be great. But even if it hadn't been, we'd at least given these these kids a really nice experience. Yeah. They yeah. also are just amazing. They showed They're up so like, good. And it was something that we had always thought about, like going back to the short and like casting all the PPAS kids and you, we we were worried about like kids abilities to improv. And I think that was like a really, really big um, hurdle for the financiers. Yeah. Hurdle for our producers mm. to sort of swallow and trust us that like we could get children to like, you know, carry story and not have jokes written for them and just like be authentically themselves. And we were yeah. really lucky to have the help of Bernie Telsey and Christian Charbonnier at Telsey and co. And they just, you know, they found an incredible, incredible crop of kids for us. And we Absolutely. had this like really fun audition process where we, they sent us like, you know, singing tapes and things. But for callbacks, we sat with them over Zoom and just improvised with them. And it became incredibly apparent incredibly quickly that all of them could do it. <laughs> all of them were going to like... <laughs> improv circles around us right. there's like yeah. you know, we have like layers of like shame and years of uh you know our own like adult bs that has built up and like walls kids don't have that but children just don't yeah. possess those things they just, so they go just for come it. in like completely authentic ready to rage yeah <laughs> they crushed it and i mean like some of those kids are like already stars i mean luke islam is a star Luke is a huge star. Watch this space. Luke Islam is yes. a huge star. <laughs> more, more to come from Luke Islam. Yeah. Alexander Bello, absolutely crushing it, just like that. And Caroline Change. Yeah. I mean, um, he's in like three Broadway shows already. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. Pender Sanchez, Sitters Club. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they don't even they don't need us. But yeah, they're also they're like, already pros. We'd be like, oh my god, so cute. Like, oh my god, look at their little headshot. And then we like look them up on Instagram, and they have like. Seven hundred thousand followers. Yeah, hilarious. It's crazy. Just like you know what social media has kind of changed in, in that kind of perspective because it's just like a younger audience, you know. Um, but it's so fun to see. Yeah, Luke. Luke is a is a god. Like literally, so talented. Um, I've got to say, I want to mention because we talk about this all the time. The little the kids that we had in the YouTube short, you guys were like our little like camp relationship and you guys were like the only ones that came out of it i don't even know if y'all were together when that was happening like when we did the youtube we short but now we were but there's this thing where we were friends for five years and sort of behaved like we were together and i was just like, <laughs> like stupid about it and then now and, actually together. and engaged like what so um we love there's a camp relationship Tutoring thing. No, the nails. Life to be lived before we, before we were like ready to like. I think we both recognized that there was like an exciting, probably you know potentially very meaningful lifelong, maybe, um, <laughs> relationship like at stake or like on the table. And yeah. I think we were both a little fearful of that, and also wanted to like take the time to be young, to be young and live and 
make mistakes and date people we shouldn't and <laughs> come together when we were ready to. Yeah. Yeah, the stars aligned. Y'all were meant to be so cute. Um, I've got to talk to you guys now about just like, you know, what what you're up to now. Because like, honest to God, like, I don't know how you guys sleep. Um, Noah, we love seeing you in The Good Doctor. Ben, you're on Broadway. A Tony Award season just wrapped. Filming Merrily We Roll Along for like the next 19 years or whatever. Like, <laughs> it's just like crazy. Like, how do you guys just like see each other? Like, how do you sleep? Like, what is, like, how do you manage all of the craziness? Honestly, there's a moment right now, the writers are striking. Um, yeah. And because of that, um, uh, The Good Doctor is on a sort of like indefinite hiatus. Mm-hmm. So I'm really just trying to like soak up this time as much as possible because The Good Doctor shoots in Vancouver. And so um, we have spent like upwards of like five months apart um, at the very beginning of my being on that TV show because there was a, you know, a pandemic and there was a two week quarantine that was, uh, you know, necessary in order to enter Canada. So it just like kept us apart for a really long time. And now it's just a moment where like, I have a little bit of free time and I just get to be for a while there. I just got to be like Tony wife. And that was a thrill. Um, And now we're just sort of like launching into the release of the film. So while Ben is doing the show, once, sometimes twice a day. <laughs> We're all going off and just uh, doing Q and A's and made a big press junket yeah. the other day. And yeah, I, I, I mean, my favorite lifestyle is doing a, a piece of theater and, and, and getting in a routine. And I, I think our dream was always eventually to just like live in New York and not be living like chapter to chapter. So this is the first while it is still sort of a chapter, it's just the first period of time that we just feels like we're kind of hitting our status quo, like our home base. Sure. It's been really, really nice. We just redid the living room. Yeah. We just redid the living room. Um, And, and yeah, it's been nice to do parade at night, which is very difficult and, you know, fulfilling, but, but upsetting and then get to um, do something so full of joy and, and, and light talking about theater camp and watching people laugh and, um, yeah. it's a, it's a really lucky combination. Healthy juxtaposition. Yeah. Ben, I have to say, I was at the show yesterday, matinee, when we had to stop. Oh my God. Um, craziness. Someone, I guess, like passed out in the audience and they needed oxygen and paramedics came. I mean, yes. like we were, and then it started back up during the funeral song. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so like, <laughs> this is like crazy. Um, just like poetic. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god! But uh, she was, she's fine. She, I think she had some sort of panic-related, um, just like pass out. Like I think she just got a yeah. little, a little. Uh, her heart was racing, and I think she passed out for a moment. But I think, I think she's fine. She was already responsive when she was leaving, and yeah. So we stopped and for about like 15, 20 minutes, and they waited for EMS to come and take her out, and then we tried to start as like gracefully as we could. But it was definitely weird, and everybody was. Like a little shaken, but it was nice that the the audience stayed very in it with us. It was it was great. Yeah, no, yeah, I I did I didn't even mean to like mention that, but like more of that story was what is happening at Parade is so beautiful, and you guys obviously won Best Revival, um, which is super exciting uh, for a show. It's so I I'm obsessed, and what you and Michaela are doing is just so good. Everyone go see Parade. Six weeks left. Yeah, um, five and a half now. Yeah, so you don't want to miss it. Um, it's just so good. And um, I, I love everything going on. I have to tell you guys, I was actually at one of the, I, this is like kind of off topic, but ADHD. Um, <laughs> we, I was at the Reverie concert where you came out at, at, at MSG and you came out with Ben to join him with I Want to Dance With You. And I was just like... <laughs> One of my all-time favorite moments of like a live performance. I want to see you both yeah. perform on stage together all the time. I'm just <laughs> obsessed. Just well, there comment. might be an upcoming opportunity in the fall. There's, uh, we'll be announced soon. I, that in New York, there might be a little one-night situation that Noah, Noah pops his head into, but we'll we'll see. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness! I can't wait. I will, I'll probably be there. Honestly, I adore both of you, and your talents are just so incredible. Yeah. Oh my god. Of course. Can we do like a fun little rapid fire round of yes. just like theater questions? Okay. Cute. Um, 
We'll start out. Okay, <laughs> who wants to go first? Let's set this up first. I'll go first. Do you want to? Whoa. Okay. <clears throat> it's going to be the same questions for both. You just have to decide who's going to answer oh, first. Oh, well, then it's harder for me because I can't pick the same thing. So you do go first. I, I, that'll be fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I love games more, more than him. Amazing. So what is your favorite warm-up? Mm. Uh, I like the uh, I like the ping sniffs. Uh, mm. Science busters. Yes. Always good for allergies. Ben? Um, I like a hung mung young. I similarly kind of trying to crack that. Yeah. This like mask. And Bust the sinus, get, get baby. The, get the mucus draining. <laughs> yeah, get it flowing. Make it juicy. <laughs> juicy. Okay, what's your dressing room essential? Like something you need to have in your dressing room? Uh, something I need to have in my dressing room. Uh, cozy footwear. Ooh. A humidifier. Going full blast. <laughs> Period. Got to keep it moist. Um, okay, good question here. Whose proposal was most surprising? Mine. B- B- Ben's to me. Absolutely. Really? My proposal was sort of like a, a week's-long craft project where he wasn't allowed <laughs> to enter the office because... Because <laughs> he was, like, working on clues. He sent me on, like, a scavenger hunt, so he's working on clues and, and like, materials for the week. So I just... I, it was, like... But I think he was confused as, like, what was going no, on. Yeah, I, was I sort of, like, exit the space, like, covered in glitter glue, and I'd be like, don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it was coming, period. But I think I, I threw Noah off the scent well enough for our first one that he really didn't think it was happening that day or even in that week. I did not. Oh my god, I love it. Um, wh- what is your favorite way to rejuvenate your mind and body after a long week? We love to hike. We love to go. <laughs> we love, we to, love to go have outdoor moments together, whether that's like beach moment or hike moment. Yeah, I think especially when you're like doing a musical, or you're in New York, or you're like working in a theater. It can feel like you're sort of in a cave all mm-hmm. the time, and so a nice just little reconnection with nature is always a good thing. Even if it's just like going into Riverside park, my favorite park in New York and um, like laying around. just laying around, go to the dog yeah. park, you know, totally. That's yeah. it. George <laughs> in the Eleanor Roosevelt monument on 72nd street. Yes. <laughs> really Amazing. <laughs> um, do you, I, okay. This may be a tough question for Ben, but I got to ask Noah, what's your favorite Ben Platt song? <laughs> That's so hard. The first one that came to mind was Rain. Rain? I remember oh. Ben sending me. We we had like a night where all of our friends were hanging out and it ended up like just the two of us and he had just written it and he had just gotten like a master of it or something from his producer, from the music producer who produced it. And I was like, just, I want to hear it. And he was like, well, I'm not, I don't want to like play for you now. I was like, I have like a long walk uptown. Why don't you just send it to me and I'll just like, I'll let you know my thoughts. And yeah. he gave it to me and I, I think walked from like 60th to like, you know, 96 where I was living with my mom at the time. And I just, I think I listened to it like six or seven times in a row and was just like stomping the streets at like 1am alone on the Upper West Side. Literally. <laughs> I always like have a soft spot for that song That's in my heart. Nice. But also... The ones about me, I like too. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, no, I want to no. love you, but I don't. <laughs> I mean, I, no, they're all <laughs> so. That's got to clarify. We got to make sure. I didn't mean to start any fights here. No couple spouts. No fights. No fights. Okay. Of my own songs. Yeah. There's Ooh. a song on my. Uh, upcoming album that we don't know what it is yet or when it is yet but it, uh, that i'm working on that is my favorite song i've i've ever written and I, it's about no i'm not gonna say it because <laughs> i don't want to share that yet but it's about noah shocker and it's, and it's i think my favorite i feel very proud of it it's called noah surprise it's okay. called noah we're calling it noah, <laughs> noah Stay actually, tuned. the album is actually gonna be called noah so. <laughs> right. <laughs> of course. Um, okay. What? Is, okay. We have to end the game on. What is your favorite theater camp memory? Of our own, or working on the film? No, like of your own, like personal, like growing up doing theater camp. Mm, that's a great question. I'd say one that I talk about most often. It's not even really like a mem. Well, my sister was at Frenchwoods at the time. My sister was cast as Mungo Jerry. I think like three times. <laughs> 
in various theater camps. I don't know why. She just has that sort of energy. She just has a little Amazing. Like, <laughs> like sneaky cat. Um, but I was seeing her play Mungo Jerry in uh, in a production of Cats at Frenchwoods. And there's a space at Frenchwoods where the stage is circular and the orchestra pit is in the middle of the mm. stage. And the kids were doing these sort of, sorry, the cats were doing this sort of um, like turn leap section around the pit. Cute. And one of the girls who was ensemble cat um, fully fell into the pit and didn't just like leap, like leapt into the pit, but leapt like directly onto the drum set. And so it was humiliating, obviously, but then there was like a 15, 20 second like musical uh, payoff that happened as well where like she fell and it was like cymbal crashed <laughs> like the cymbal fell and like all of the like of the orchestra you know what i mean and then there's no exit from the pit oh, no. unless you like crawl out of it and so then these men had to come on stage and like lift her out of the pit and i remember it being very funny and very dramatic and i hope she's okay um i i love that that's your favorite that. It's a hilarious. That's hilarious. <laughs> ben, do you have one? Uh, I know. Uh, it's kind of theater. It's like adjacent. I went to Jewish summer camp, um, mm-hmm. and then like theater youth programs. But I'm I'm choosing like the more camp vibe. We have this thing. All theater camps are Jewish, but not all <laughs> Jewish camps, camps are, are theater. theater. That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. Doesn't to say only Jews should do theater camp because yeah. there should all kinds of kids should do theater camp. But. Um, we, uh, we have this thing called color war or in Hebrew it's Maccabia that we do at my Jewish summer camp, which is like the whole camp gets divided into four teams, four colors. And there's captains that are from the staff. So I spent 10 years as a camper, like dreaming of when I was going to be a captain. And then I was a captain of the red team, um, yes. which, uh, was a big responsibility. And it's like, it's a Jewish camp. So like it's the sports competitions, but like the most points are not from the sports. It's from the cheers that you do in the entrances. <laughs> for each set of events, which means you have to organize your team of about a hundred kids to do some sort of like performance, get number, what have you. The opening of the Olympics. Yeah. The Olympic ceremony ceremony is like you do Mm -hmm. little versions of that with your team. So that's what I'm in. That's why I'm captaining. I'm not going to like run a race. So I, I, um, (laughs) we're here to put on a show. That's right. (laughs) And so we did win mostly because of our point jumps with those entrances. And the best one was, um, there's this thing called, uh, in the Jewish tradition in Passover called the four sons, which is like a thing you talk about at the Seder for Passover, which is like how to do, how to explain something to four different kinds of children. It's like how to pass on to the next generation in four different with like four yeah. archetypes of different kinds of learners and kids. So we basically did this whole conceptual art piece about like how to explain what red is to four different kinds of kids. And each one had like a musical number attached to it. Um, for like how to like for for the kid who's like the more visceral kid we just did this like crazy like paint dance with red paint and it was like it's about the feeling and with for one kid it was like you explained that it's about history and we did like an adam and eve thing with the apple like it was very high concept um <laughs> and i feel really proud of it it's better than the film theater camp. obsessed uh, oh my god it's okay ben you can say you're the choreographer and not the captain it's okay we still I love the you wise i also like creative <laughs> director i would say okay of course that's hilarious oh my god i love it so much well that's our little rapid fire game and um yeah it was just being silly and that's so it's more about you guys and not you know your careers um but going back to your careers i want to ask you i guess a final question because i gotta let you guys go soon um got it eat our salads (laughs) go go eat the salads um but i have to ask you i mean you you mentioned how like you've gone on this journey for so long and you are theater kids um and i'm curious now like in your career you know you as you've gotten older and you start to tell stories of, you know, marriage and children and like this more mature kind of content, how has that kind of like impacted the way you look at characters or or you take on a role and stuff like that? You know, I had a moment where I showed up for like my first day of filming The Good Doctor. And I honestly like, I played a child for so long and I played a teenager on television when I was in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I booked this job, I was like, just coming out of the pandemic, I had like, I looked very overgrown. I had like a beard for the first time. I had long hair and I showed up and I was like, I think I want a beard for this character. I think I want to like start the process of like 
convincing America that I am an adult and that I'm like done Period. playing children. And it felt like this very, this very like concrete, like crossroads in crossroad in my life. Um, and it felt like an active decision on my part. Uh, Cause I think the producers of the show were like, no. <laughs> and I had to really fight for it. And I had to really fight to like prove to them that I could do something else and that I could evolve, you know? And I think a yeah. lot of people, especially in this business, like to keep you in a little box. Um, and although it wasn't like a major box to break out of, I, I had to like actively really set my mind to it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think similarly because I was a, child actor I've been working for so long and playing young people and less so with like roles and more so just like always being as as Noah says like an actor for hire or like just like being part of someone else's vision you 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 wonder when you're getting older like when am I going to feel like the grown-up to the point where like I can be the one who's the boss and I can be the one that writes the story and be the be the creative controller and 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 like have vision and like you wait for this like switch. And then I think for me, it's been all about realizing that like we never are adults. Like we're just like children who've been here longer. Like I think it's like, right. you just like, if, if we were fully adults, like we would never have made theater camp. Like, why would you? No, <laughs> there are a lot of times when filming this movie that like we would look around and we'd be like, we're the ones who have to have the answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's about just like, embracing when you feel internally ready for that shift and not looking for someone else to tell you that it's time to make that shift. Nor is there any yeah. right time for that shift. No, it's you just, know? it's just when you feel ready. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think we'll just continue to sort of evolve and take on more challenges and, you know, become the sort of, uh, we get to like take the reins a little bit. And, and then stay tuned yeah. for like 10 years from now when we open our own joint actual theater camp and yeah. everybody listening. Can Period. Yeah, exactly. Minds here. <laughs> well, if it's anything like the movie theater camp, it's going to be iconic and probably the best theater camp around. So it's going to be called Adirondacks, guys. Just making yes. sure everyone knows. Adirondacks. <laughs> yes, Adirondacks. Yeah. it's so good it's just so brilliant all of you guys you guys are just so funny and uh so thrilled to, to chat with you guys today congrats on theater camp everyone needs to go see it it's gonna be in theaters july 14th um so it, you don't want to miss it and go see parade while while you can for five and a half weeks <laughs> thank you guys you have so much to take about for take about ben platt and noah galvin oh my god i can't believe i get to say that it's literally, I've been wanting to have those two on for forever. You all know I'm a huge fan of both of them, um, specifically Ben. I've looked up to him for the longest time, and every teenage kid wants to have his voice. Um, so to, to kind of talk to them today about just their careers and their journey, and then, of course, Theater Camp, which is going to be out on July 14th. Like, it was just such a treat. I was, like, one of the first people to talk to them about it, too, you know? Like, they aren't doing much press right now about it because we're still two weeks out. So this is kind of, like, the first one to come out and their first conversation to really come out, you know, anywhere that they can anyone can access it type of thing um and so to be one of their first was so cool and, and to talk to them about it and kind of release some of that stuff and get people excited about the movie was just so fun for me because i truly believe in this movie and love this movie so much when i saw it um it was it was brilliant i couldn't stop laughing i was laughing i was crying i was doing all the things it just makes you feel all the emotions you don't want it to end literally and it, it has a thing like you don't have to have gone to theater camp to relate to this movie you know i have gone to theater camp but um i was still able to relate to different things you know and uh, there's this beautiful thing in the movie where it's obviously we talk about it being improvised and everything so it's not like they could write the characters and and their journeys and they didn't even know who they were going to cast they didn't even know what they were looking for just hopefully some good improv uh, improv skills and, and fun conversations that they can kind of bounce off with their 
campers, I guess, and uh, just talk about it. So then what it kind of came into and in each character really being something fleshed out and relatable to literally anybody is just um, it's really special what what they're doing. And I, I just love this movie so much. And I know that you all will, too. So uh, definitely go see the movie if you need a good laugh. Um, you won't stop. And uh, it's it's just brilliant. It takes you back to just being a kid, you know, and that's one of the things I liked about Finding Everland. Like literally you kind of just are thrown back to a time where it's just you don't have to worry about anything and you can kind of just play and have fun. And that's totally what theater camp is. And that's kind of what they were alluding to in the sense of like, we're not adults, you know, what adult would make this movie? Uh, but it's, it's just such a good reminder and it's so true. Um, so yeah, everyone go see that July 14th. Sorry, I'm rambling. Cause I could talk about it forever. Uh, everyone go see that July 14th and everyone go see parade. You have just five weeks left. Basically you have till August 6th to go see parade. I absolutely loved the show. When I saw it, we did have to stop the show mid act one, not even mid. It was like more towards the beginning of act one. And uh, unfortunately, there was an audience member who kind of passed out uh, and needed oxygen and needed medical attention. So the paramedics came and like Ben said, we had to stop the show. But, you know, it kind of was a special thing because it was a unique show because, you know, obviously that doesn't happen all the time. And then the actors and performers kind of have to go in and out of the character so many times where they can't do, you know, act one all the way through and they can't tell the story all the way through through it's kind of broken up and it it was just really very interesting and to see how the cast kind of reacted to it and um you know they literally stopped the show like they noticed there was commotion going on in the audience and you know jay armstrong johnson kind of led the way and was like we need to stop the show is anyone a doctor literally on stage and it was like good for you um because you know, stage management or anything, I don't think can hear it and, or see it or anything like that. So it's not like they can just call and stop the show. Um, that's really kind of on the actors and on the audience to, uh, all help out. So, uh, if you were at that performance, you know, it really took a village to, to kind of help out and call the paramedics and all the things. So, um, shout out to all of you. Um, but then of course the show itself is just so brilliant. This story just needs to be told. It's crazy to think about this trial um with the leo frank case it, it's still ongoing hundreds of years later like it's just wild almost 100 years later it's still going on it's crazy to think about um but just how it, it's got a little bit of everything i mean the jewish representation how strong like female empowerment with michaela diamond brilliantly portraying um lucille frank it's just it's so brilliant and ben's performance is so so great obviously both of them were nominated for a tony well deserved um but even like the ensemble like jake peterson and alex joseph gray paul alexander nolan jay armstrong johnson um and and the kids aaron rose doyle and sophia manicone like they're all carrying their own weight and there's some howard mcgillan is like there's some true like stars and legends of our industry in the show and these newcomers that are in the show and there's a lot of them are really holding their own weight and and just being true pros and they're all so equally talented it's so cool, fun and cool to see so uh congratulations everyone over at parade and um i can't wait to see, i hope to see it again before it closes uh but if you haven't seen it yet don't miss it because you won't want to do that you will regret it uh go see her right now and uh enjoy so uh that's all i have for you folks this week on the podcast again thank you ben thank you noah for coming on oh that was such a dream come true and i hope that you all enjoyed this interview and you will come back next week. We are going back to one a week in July and we are starting, we are kicking July off with none other than the incredible multi-hyphenate does it all, Jerry Mitchell. I can't wait to bring you that episode. I already talked to him. The conversation is one of my favorites that I've ever done. Um, so stay tuned and I hope to see you all next Thursday. Bye everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. 
Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.